1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am thrilled that you guys are here with us today. We've got a super cool episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the three things that you need to be doing in your marketing to simplify and scale in 2021. I see him. He's just dismounting his noble white steed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio, the one, the only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, just
0: sliding in. How are you doing, sliding. my friend?
1: I'm good. I uh, I realized I found my my real deep down secret motivation for sticking with this show with you week after week.
0: Oh, I'm curious. Go on, then.
1: <laughs> Getting to see the cartoon version of you riding around the stage on that white horse <laughs> is like is absolutely everything.
0: I think that's actually the best version of me. Like, if <laughs> if you could just replace me with that guy, you'd you'd be good.
1: I have the animators working on it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I just start turning around and notice there's people following me everywhere I go, drawing the things I'm doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then next <laughs> couple weeks from now, it's just going to be me here in the cartoon version of you sipping your tea, having and and I, and you know what's funny. I feel like the cartoon version of you would actually allow us to see the noble white steed. Whereas you always keep him off camera and it's starting to feel like, uh, sorry, start, honestly, it's starting to feel like a, a sham to the rest of us.
0: Well, unfortunately, obviously, uh, over the past year with the, uh, COVID restrictions, um, you know, it's been a little bit, uh, it's always the social distancing thing. I mean, obviously the, the right. camera here can only cover so much. And unfortunately with the, uh, social yeah. distance situation, it's, it, you know, I'm sure at some point we'll uh, we'll be able to do that.
1: No, I I appreciate you saying that, and I, I ask your f- deep forgiveness for me insinuating in any way, yeah, that yeah. you were making that up because obviously it's true, and the social distancing between you and your horse is an, a very valid reason right. for not bringing them on the uh, on the show. But without uh, without further ado, we uh, we have an amazing guest on the show today. Um, somebody who spent years uh, years and years in the marketing trenches. Um not just you know, not just necessarily uh, a practitioner, but also a strategist and somebody who has made his uh, career and his platform on helping people simplify their marketing so um, so that they don't get lost in all the complexities of things. Um, the uh, uh, I'll just bring him on the show. I mean, Tim Fitzpatrick, welcome. Um, I it's okay that you didn't ride a horse into the show. <laughs> we like you anyway. Um, the fact that, you know, being on the show for 10 seconds now, I already like you better than Dean. Um, so, uh,
2: Dean James, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, even if I had a horse, I wouldn't ride it cause my, my butt is not made for horses. So okay. <laughs> can't, can't do it. <laughs> well, that's the first thing we found out about Tim here.
1: On <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, uh, so we want to we want to get into the good stuff with you, Tim. I know that you've got a tremendous amount of experience in helping people with their marketing and their and their messaging. Um, and uh, I'll kind of want to dig into your story in a little bit. But before we get into that, I'm I'm curious what are what are some of the things that you see people doing on a regular basis that they think like I got to do this, and it's actually holding them back and it's like slowing their marketing down. Um, instead of helping them produce the results that they're actually looking for?
2: Uh, For me, the biggest thing I see is people getting tactical with their marketing before they get the fundamentals in place. So, you know, look, there's no shortage of marketers out there. You know, the latest tips and tricks each week, hey, you gotta be on TikTok or you gotta be on Clubhouse or you have to have a YouTube channel. And they immediately jump into those things with both feet But the problem is the fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your house from. So when people get tactical immediately, they're building a house without a foundation and inevitably it ends up costing them time and money and they have to come back and restart things. That's the biggest mistake I see people make.
1: So like, so everybody's doing it. Dean, you and I talked about what, like, the other day, I think we talked about this.
0: I was just about to say straight out the gate. I can tell that this is going to be a, a conversation that we can all dive into. This is yeah. uh, you know, that, that whole concept of all this side of things. Yeah, we've we've talked about this extensively of how, the, you know, there's always going to be these new whiz bang things that apparently you must jump on. Otherwise, your business and life will be
2: doomed. Yes. And, well, uh, we, we have FOMO, right? It's fear of right. missing out. And it's like, oh, my God, if I don't jump on Clubhouse right now, I'm going to miss the bandwagon. And you know, I gotta be on it. But you know, we if we have those fundamentals in place, they help us remain disciplined and focused on what we really need to focus on. And oh, I'm not dis- saying the clubhouse is a bad and, thing.
1: Discipline and focus. Yes. Things that sound scary, but maybe produce <laughs> results. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so let's talk about let's talk about some of these fundamentals. then. so, so what are you know, I'm like, you know, I'm somebody running my business and and I think to myself, "Okay, I got to grow, I got to find new clients, I got to find new customers, right? The job of marketing is to attract attention and to bring people into our world." Yep. And it seems like, well, why shouldn't I just jump on TikTok? Like why shouldn't I just jump into Clubhouse? Why shouldn't I ride a white horse into my podcast? Right? <laughs> right. Like there's all these choices that somebody <laughs> has to make when you're talking about
2: fundamentals like what does that actually mean yeah so to i call them the marketing strategy trilogy okay so first is you have to understand who your target market is mm. okay who who are you going to serve and how are you going to serve those people two you have to have clear engaging messaging to that target market and three you've got to have a plan okay most people don't have a marketing plan but you, have to, and you have, but you have to have some type of plan in place. It's going to change over time. It's not because our businesses are evolving quickly. Our marketing needs to evolve with it as well. But you have to have some type of plan that you can follow that gives you your marching orders. Without those things, you're not going to have much, especially your target market. It's, your, mar- your business starts there. All
1: right, you don't know so what like- your
2: target market is, how the hell do you know where to go and where to be to get in front of the people that you want to work with?
1: so so I have uh, maybe we could put a little case study together um so you'll see oh, this,
0: sounds, this sounds dangerous <laughs> this, this is where the show starts going wrong straight away <laughs> you'll, you'll In fact, see- I think for a brief second James you laughed at your thought of having that idea I did and then you decided to go through with it and say it anyway I like that
1: <laughs> because I laughed is precisely why I decided to go through with it <laughs> so you'll see so let's so let's say we have a product. Um, it's a artificial jellyfish tank. Oh, there
0: we go.
1: Okay. You'll see Dean has one sitting on the shelf. Uh, that's yes, that's okay. what that is. Nobody knows what that is unless it's pointed out. And I, only, I, I asked a couple weeks ago, I was like, what the heck is floating above your head? Um, so he went on Amazon presumably, and he bought this artificial jellyfish tank, which I actually am envious of that. I don't have one. That's why I'm picking on it. Um, <laughs> but so, so that's like, that's my product using the marketing trilogy of who, who am I selling to? What's my message? And then creating a plan. If we were the founders of the artificial jellyfish tank, how do we, how do we start marketing this to our people? Yeah. So you,
2: well, one is you, I think if, if I'm assuming here that you, you you have no business, right? You haven't started at all. We just like, we had this cool idea. Like I was hanging out
1: with my friends last night and, and I was like, you know what the world needs? Everyone's like, what? An artificial jellyfish tank. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this resounding applause. And everyone's like, I would buy that. Dean was one of them. He he, you know, he gave me his money right up front. He's like, As soon as you get it, I want to buy one. Yeah. So that's that's where we are in our stage of growth.
2: Yeah. So in the beginning, right? When you have if you have no experience selling, you have no past customers, existing customers, you you got to start by making some educated guesses here. And the the internet there's all kinds of information on the internet right so we've got to think about you know who are the people that are going to find this of interest um i don't know is it people that that love fish but don't want to take care of them i i mean i don't know but yes i don't know let's we have we have a focus group here yes <laughs> right so we've got a focus group right we can start to outreach to people there's forums out there there's Facebook groups, there's LinkedIn groups. I mean, all this information is out there. We just have to start digging a little bit. And like I said, you're going to be making some educated guesses here in the beginning because you don't have any past customers, right? But but you've got to make some guesses, some educated guesses that are going to help you direct your marketing efforts in the beginning. And once you start to gain some traction and see what's going on, then you can start to make course corrections. But- You can't arbitrarily just say, I'm going to sell everybody Mm -hmm. this artificial jellyfish tank, right? Unless you're Amazon and you have unlimited deep pockets, you can't target everybody. You have to make some choices. And when you make those choices, then you can start to identify, okay, well, I've outlined, you know, they have these demographics, they have these interests, um, you know, these hobbies, now you can start to identify where those people are, right? You know, if they're, if they like fish, but they don't like taking care of them, well, maybe they belong to certain fish groups. I, again, I don't know. I'm throwing this off the seat of my pants. What do you I'm mean? Well, you didn't prepare him. this ahead know, of time? Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Would you say,
1: Dean?
0: Well, I was just going to say, Tim Tim keeps saying how he doesn't have much of an idea on this, but uh, I dare say you sound quite the expert, actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I don't think time you've seen one of these. Yep, no, yes. Yeah, this yeah, is actually yeah. Tim's company. <laughs>
2: um, you know, so it's that's where you have to start, you know. Well, this, so this is, I love, I love just
1: like, you know, part of me apologizes for springing this on you. Part of me, no, that's okay. Is, is incredibly happy that I did. Um, So, but let's just say, okay, so, so the first, the first thing in your three point trilogy is, you know, who am I? Who is my person? Yeah. Right. And, and so now you're saying, okay, we're talking about this artificial jellyfish tank as, as a case study. Right. And, and I, and part of the reason I use this is like ridiculous examples is because it's so much easier for people to see something that is completely unrelated yeah. to what they're doing and be like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense for me. But most people aren't doing that analysis of who they're selling to. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause how many times are people thinking, well, I have a product that's going to change the world because everybody needs it. Right? Yeah. And you're just like that means you're going to make 0 dollars or less. Yeah. Um right, but in this case, uh the artificial jellyfish tank, you're saying the people that are going to buy it are people who like the idea of having a fish tank but don't want the hassle of taking care of the fish. Working hypothesis. Low Seems, maintenance. No maintenance. Seems super reasonable. So now move move that train of thought to the second point on your marketing trilogy. So what happens now that we have that?
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. So now I know these group, usually most businesses have one to three ideal client types. You know, if you're going for more than three, it becomes diluted, right? So once you understand who those one to three ideal client types are, now you can start to dig into, well, how am I going to communicate the value that I offer? And when, when we work with clients, and by the way, I, a lot of what we do is not product-based, it's more service-based, but it, it still translates over. The fundamentals don't right. change. They're the same no matter what. So we use a storytelling framework when we create messaging, okay? Because one, it's, it gives you a framework to follow. We're inviting your customer into a story where they're the hero and your business is the guide. Okay. Our customers, Hmm. they have a problem. Okay. They want fish, but they don't want to deal with, you know, cleaning out the poo and feeding them every day and having to deal with all that stuff. Okay. So you now have this artificial jellyfish tank that solves that problem. We need to position our company as the guide in the story. It's like, Hey, hero, you have a problem. I have the solution to fix that problem so that you can get from where you currently are to where you want to be. Mm. Okay. So uh, let's just take an example. I, one of my favorite movies is the original Point Break. Okay. Mm. So don't, don't fault me. Are you guys familiar with that? I know the movie. Okay. So you got Keone Reeves, right? He's the character. He's, he's a green FBI agent. The problem is there's a band of bank robbers called the ex-presidents Robin banks in Southern California. The guide is Gary Busey, his seasoned FBI uh, partner. He's been there, done that. Well, he gives Keone um, a plan. And he says, look, I think the ex-presidents are surfers. You need to learn how to surf. Okay. So he calls him to action. and He says, go learn how to surf so that you can hopefully meet these bank robbers, infiltrate them. We avoid failure, i.e. they ride off into the sunset and we reach success where we catch them. Okay. That's the storytelling framework, right? There's a hero. They have a problem. They meet a guide. The guide gives them a plan that calls them to action. So they avoid failure and they reach success. So we use this framework where we just start plugging in these elements, our customer, what do they want as it relates to what we do? Well, they want the beautiful, a beautiful looking fish tank, but they don't want to deal with all the hassles of it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the, so the problem they have is, well, they, they don't have a solution for that. They haven't found a fake fish tank that actually looks cool like Dean's in the back of his in the back behind him here. Right. So we then need to position ourselves as the guide. Right. Guides have empathy and they have credibility and authority. Gosh, we empathy is just simply saying, Hey, we understand what it's like to be in your shoes. Mm-hmm. Gosh, we know how much of a hassle it is when you got a fish tank and you got to feed the things every day and then you got to clean it three times a week. And then when you clean it, you put the water in and it's too warm and, and half your fish die. It, I mean, it's just a never ending nightmare, right? And then credibility is, Well, hey, we've tested this thing. You know, with the product, it's like, Hey, we've tested this, it's been sold over and over again. Maybe you have guarantees, right? If you buy it and you don't like it, right? We're we're helping alleviate some of that risk that they may have, right? We want to make it as easy as possible for them to do business with us and let them know that we know what we're doing and we have the solution to their problem.
1: I love Calm. this. I love right? this guide analogy.
2: I think yeah. the guide analogy is very, very cool. It's that's what if you think about most stories, the heroes are pretty weak characters. Hmm. They don't know what the hell to do, they're stuck. And, you know, and so if they don't have this problem, I mean, if they could fix their own problem, there would be no story, right? Right, right. So they've got this problem and the guide steps in, you know, Yoda steps in and tells Luke, hey, you got to trust the force. I've been where you are. I know what you need to do. Trust me. Follow these steps and you'll get where you want to be. So that's all we're doing here you know and when we can when we can use this framework one it helps you keep things clear and consistent cuz mm-hmm. i think it's so easy for us to to as marketers to try to overcomplicate things and get cute and clever with our messaging but when we get cute and clever we confuse people you know and people are impatient you know we're used to having the answers we need at our fingertips and if we land on your website and we read the top part and we have no idea what the hell you mean or what you do, we're moving on.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
2: we've got to keep it clear and consistent. And when you use this framework, that's exactly what it allows you to do. You're not reinventing the wheel. Every time you create a social post or an email or a paid ad, you go back to the framework and you pull bits and pieces from it to create the message you want to for that particular ad or whatever it may be. I love mm. that.
1: Can you give, can you give everybody an example of like what that to not do like that cute and clever, you know? Um,
2: yeah. Let me, I'm or even, to or of,
1: even use the, you know, if you could come conjure one up for the jellyfish thing that we're talking about here, like one, like it's, it's incredibly uh, clear, yeah. you know, we help you have a this experience, even if you don't want to like take care of the fish, right?
2: What would yeah? What would clever be? So, uh, clever might be uh, jellyfish like you've never seen them before. Okay, <laughs> something right. like that, right. Right? right? I see that at the top of the website. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Whereas here, it's like, you know, enjoy the experience of jellyfish without all the hassle. Yeah, yeah, right. It, right. You know, I mean, it's that type of thing. I mean, Clear this,
1: versus clever.
2: Y- yes. Yes. Clear versus clever. I love that. That okay, resonates because,
1: so deeply with me.
2: Yeah, we don't anytime most of the time when we try to get clever, we fall flat. Yeah. I freaking so love that. I did I did find it
1: amusing though. Jellyfish like you've never seen him before. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like what is, like what That's does like, that like, mean? like a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, what's going on on this website? You're you're absolutely right about that. I feel like sometimes people are like so excited about their thing that they just think everybody's like right there with them. And, you know, then they start talking about things and you're like, I have no idea what you're even talking about anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I want to pull something out that you just said there, because we, it is so difficult for us as business owners, oftentimes to see the forest through the trees. We're too yeah. in our business. We're like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about this. Yes, everybody gets it. And no, most people don't. And so that's sure. why it's so important to if you've got past customers or existing customers, when you're looking at creating your messaging and you're doing your target market research, you need to talk to them, interview them. Oftentimes they can articulate our value so much better than we can. And you read through these this feedback and you just go, Oh my God, how could I not see that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because I'm too in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and that's not a a criticism.
1: It's just sort no. of a fact. Like that's your perspective, right? Yeah. And right. everybody has a different perspective. Um, so so just to move to the third yes point in this marketing trilogy. We've talked about like, who am I, who am I selling to the messaging? I freaking love the guide analogy. That's super
2: powerful, Tim. And so then what's, what's the third, what's the third point in the trilogy? The third is you got to have a plan. Cause if you don't have a plan, when Dean says next week that I got to be on clubhouse, I, I chase that thing like a squirrel chasing a nut Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that doesn't end up serving anybody or so, or an artificial
1: jellyfish chasing a piece of artificial jellyfish food.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. Jellyfish like
0: you've never seen them before. So
1: <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> right, exactly. Um all right, so I so think we gotta have so a plan. many so many people say, all right, like you got to have a plan. But then I think that's when their thinking stops. They're like, uh no, I'm, I know I'm no I'm supposed to say that I need to have a plan here. <laughs> but the hell with it. I'm doing it anyway. Yes. Right? I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are like, ah, like we thought about a plan and we decided we'd rather move forward without one. So, um, so what does that look like? When you say a plan kind of, what are the, what are the high level points of, of this marketing plan that you think people need to have?
2: I, first off, I think most people don't plan because they try to overcomplicate it. So we got to keep it simple. We use a 90 day marketing plan for our business and for clients. 90 days is long enough to start seeing results, but it's short enough where you can learn, make course corrections, and then just Mm -hmm. move on. So you just wash, rinse, and repeat, okay? If you have a one-year marketing plan, if you had a one-year marketing plan this time last year, Well, two weeks from now, you would have burned it in most cases, you know, and it's just a waste of time. You know, there's too many things going on for us to see that far into the future. So 90 days, I use six steps. Okay. One target market. So just even at a minimum, if you have a paragraph on who your one Mm -hmm. to three ideal clients are, that's going to help you keep top of mind who you're trying to attract. Okay. Step two, what's my goal for the next 90 days? Needs to be specific, measurable. It's going to be time bound because it's a 90 day plan. So maybe I want to, I intend to sign up five new clients in the next 90 days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Three, what's my budget and what are my resources? And when I say resources, I mean like time, whether it's your time or people on your staff, And then how much money do you have to invest? Because those are all things that are going to determine how much you can choose to focus on in your plan. Okay. Now, four is what's my current marketing plan? And I understand a lot of people may not have a current marketing plan. All we're doing here is just writing down and taking note of where we're starting from. My GPS can't tell me how to get to the airport until I tell it that I'm starting from Denver. So right? so
1: kind of like you're saying very very in line with the question that you asked with this artificial jellyfish tank where's the business right now like do you, are you guys currently selling them yeah have you not sold any before like like that sort of thing like baselining
2: yeah. it yeah baselining it and we look at eight channels eight yeah. marketing channels okay the strategy which is the target market and the messaging your website your content so like are you doing blogs or podcast or videos, whatever that may be, your search engine optimization, your social media, your email marketing, paid ads. So Google, Facebook, that type of stuff. And then offline, you know, am I building referral partner relationships Mm -hmm. or am I speaking or am I doing direct mail? All we're doing is just taking note. Hey, do I understand my target market? Do I have good messaging? If I'm not, I need to start there. Do I have my website in place? Have I started to secure social media channels? All we're doing is just taking note. Don't overcomplicate this, just write it down. Then, in the fifth step, now I'm going to look at what I'm going to focus on in the next 90 days. Mm. And this is where your budget and your resources come into play. If it's just me and I have no budget and I've got five hours of time a week, well, I can't, I may only focus on one or two channels over the next 90 days. And you know what? That's okay. Mm -hmm. At least I know what I'm going to focus on and I've got my marching orders. And then that last step is what metrics am I going to track? The metrics help you understand whether the actions you're taking are actually making an impact. And again, look, I was a math major. Okay. I can dig into the analytics, but man, most people, you're just too many vanity metrics in marketing. How many followers do I have on social media? You know, how many people are on my email list? None of that crap matters if it's not converting to customers. So I always recommend people start with, you know, how many leads am I generating and how many of those leads am I converting to customers? Totally. We just like, we literally just talked, I feel like, I feel like you were like secretly
1: observing us. (laughs) What a week, a week or two ago, we we actually had a whole conversation around social media. We're like, social media is great. Getting followers is awesome. But unless those followers turn into leads and in sales, like what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. It's, freaking Tim Fitzpatrick
2: spying on us, Dean.
0: I, I think so. I think so. It's a bit too me. <laughs>
2: it it is. Is. So many people don't realize how empowering it is when you know how many leads you need to generate to get a customer. Yeah, you know, if it's for every three leads, I convert one to a customer, or whatever the number is. That's awesome because now all of a sudden you can you can start to work your way back and go, Hey, we, we need, we, our goal is to get five customers. Well, we need X amount of leads to get those five customers in the next 90 days. Yeah, no,
1: that's so, that's so good, Tim. So I want to, I want to, um, so with our, uh, very, very like well thought through deeply structured case study of the artificial jellyfish (laughs) tank. Um, I, I don't want to gloss over, uh one of the important things that i think you said because not everybody is starting from scratch right and so there are bound to be people who are listening who have a marketing thing going they might be you know doing 5 hours of tiktok every day yeah or they could be doing like whatever um do you when you're working with people and you're looking at these things no matter what people are doing do you always take them back to these fundamental three steps
2: yes yeah yeah,
1: I thought you would say that, but I just wanted to—I wanted to be sure. Yeah, um, well, I'm, uh, well, I'm just gonna—I'm just
0: gonna throw something in real quick because I think this is important. I know Tim, you—you you said you primarily, you know, you apply what you're doing primarily with your clients in service-based businesses, but yeah. you know, one of the reasons that you know I was listening intently when you was talking through this is that you know my wife and I we have we have a cosmetics company, and for about two years after we developed some makeup brushes, for about two years we were just advertising these thinking, you know, we developed this great product. Feedback's been amazing. Now let's promote this thing, you know, within the UK to to females within a certain age demographic. And for about two years, we were so close to what we were doing. We were seeing little bits of sales, nothing, nothing exciting, nothing, you know, it was almost at the point after a couple of years of going that path where it was like, I don't think this thing's working. Like, well, it's not working. And I don't know if we've got it completely wrong and we need to kind of, rethink this entire business plan and it all came back to we changed the who it all came back to changing that who which you said was the first thing and so just as you were talking in that James about in terms of not everybody starting from scratch and sometimes is it you know is it always the starting point to go back and make sure we are clear on that I think I think there's going to be an astounding number of businesses that even if they're doing well haven't quite got that right So I I think it would be a huge mistake for anyone not to go back, even if just to confirm, yeah, we are very clear. I think it would be a huge mistake in my opinion.
2: I totally agree with that. Most of the time when people are having marketing issues, you can trace it back to one of those fundamentals Mm. Mm. the vast majority of the time. I feel like you need to say that again because that was so important. Yeah. So most marketing problems you can trace back to one of the fundamentals. Either you glossed over it, you missed something there and going back to it and correcting that Mm. is going to improve what you're doing. I always use this quote from Michael Jordan. He said, you get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. Mm. When you have the fundamentals in place, everything you do after that will be that much better it will work that much more effectively. But without the fundamentals, you know. look, professionals make stuff look easy because they mastered the fundamentals. They don't even think about right. it. And right. with marketing or any aspect of running your business, there are fundamentals that do not change. You know, hitting a baseball is the same today as it was 50 years ago. And it's going to be the same 50 years from now. That stuff doesn't change. Marketing is no different. It's why true. do you think, so, so I, I, I so agree with this. So many
1: people don't want to deal with the fundamentals. They want to be like, ah, like, I don't even worry it's about so cool, that. Is it? The fundamentals aren't cool. Why aren't the fundamentals they're- cool? Like, I just want to know, like, why do you guys think people don't think the fundamentals are cool? Because the, fund- the, fundamentals fundamentals the fundamentals are things that produce the results. So oh, they're- they're- you know what? What?
0: It's where the work comes in. The fundamentals is where you got to do the work. The yes. fundamentals something on feel TikTok like work. or doing this or that and going live, it, it boosts the ego. It feels good. It's a dopamine hit, and it feels productive almost. It's like, I just did something. I can check it off my box today. I feel good. But like yeah. we're talking about here, right? That's not what's going to get you there.
2: Mm. It's, they're not cool. They're not sexy. Very few people talk about them. Right. And True. there's very True. few people that give the fundamentals. That's the first thing they talk about. You know, it's it's not uncommon for marketers to, you know, to be look, somebody that's doing SEO work, right? SEO is great. But if you're paying somebody, you know, whatever, a 2000 dollars a month to drive traffic back to your site and your messaging sucks, you have no mm-hmm. good calls to action, you're wasting money you know? And so it's just, that's cool though. I guess people think that's cool. <laughs> it's a vanity metric again, right? How many people are coming back to my and visiting my set? Oh, well, we're getting a hundred thousand visits a month on our site. Cool. Well, how many customers are you getting from that? Uh, let's talk I about some know.
1: more vanity metrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. That's very so true.
1: No, it's exactly what people do. Um, just, uh, before, before we go, Tim, I got asked, how did you go from being a math major to a marketing consultant?
2: Like what, <laughs> like, like, did you have a guide on that journey? Uh, I, you know what? I had, I had many guides. Um, I, the first business I got involved with was a wholesale distribution company. Um, I became a partner in that business. We grew about 60% a year for nine years and then we sold it, um, that I learned so much doing that. I learned more doing that in the first six months than I did in four years of college. Um, I was young. I, I just soaked up information like a sponge and I was working around a lot of, of people that had been in the business for a long time. So, you know, I looked at all of those other people as mentors and I just, when I was in a room, I just sat there and and soaked up information like a sponge. Got it. Um, I was
1: just I was just curious. Yeah. But, no. Uh, that's
2: where I, that's where I got
1: my start. Nice. Um, well, and someday you'll talk about how you built an artificial jellyfish tank empire as well. That's right. That's right. I'm going to steal While that idea. <laughs> what? Whilst riding a horse. <laughs> While riding a horse. Yeah. No, that artificial jellyfish tank goes with Dean on the horse to and fro. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's is the it other a reason he horse have real Or is it a mini horse?
1: <laughs> uh, it's still actually, pre-timed. still, it's, tweaking, it's actually a plush okay. horse head on a stick, and, he just, <laughs> and that's actually why he won't bring it on camera and show anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, good. <laughs> but uh, no, but I think you know, for for us in even just in in shaping the subject of this episode together. You know, we wanted everybody to recognize that these three fundamentals are so important that if you do them, if you focus on them and you do the things that we talked about here, you will absolutely be able to simplify first and then scale, right? Everybody wants to scale, but very few people take the time to focus on the fundamentals and simplify in order to be able to scale. And, uh, and we're not, we're not here to become your best friends or, uh, to look at the vanity metrics. We're here to give you guys advice and bring people on the show that can actually make a genuine difference in your business. Um, and so thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Tim, for sharing, uh, the, the trilogy, the target market, the messaging, the plan. Um, people want to, you know, follow you or, you know, get to know you a little
2: bit, um, buy one of the artificial jellyfish tanks. Like where should they go? Uh, best place to go is our website, which is rialtomarketing.com. So that's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. We did put together some resources on the trilogy. They're totally free for your listeners. So if they go to rialtomarketing.com forward slash just dash the dash tips dash show, that's all there. They don't even have to opt in for it. Nice. I think they'll find it super valuable. If uh, they do start working ahead, on it and they get stuck... There's a get a free consult button there, and I'll be happy to talk to them and help them push through those roadblocks.
1: That's awesome, Tim. Are
2: you uh, are you a fan of Venice? Is that where this Rialto comes from? Uh, that's exactly where it came from. Um, my wife and I went there on our honeymoon, so there's some sentimental value there. But I also look at bridges as helping people get from where mm-hmm. they are to where they want to be, and that's exactly what marketing does. So nice, very nice, James. Um, you look
0: rather proud of yourself
1: when you ask that. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Listen,
2: I'm a I'm a I'm a worldly
1: person, Dean. I figured yeah. things out. No, I, I, I was out the site go. and I was like, wait a second, I recognize that bridge. Um that's it. No, Venice, uh Venice is awesome. And uh this content was awesome. Thank you for being here. Yes. Dean, Thanks any uh anything that you wanna throw out on the table before uh before we depart ways with Tim? Oh, I just want to uh,
0: give give uh, props to, uh, to Tim. I, I I was looking forward to this conversation. Like we, t- we said before we actually came on the show, I looked at your website prior to this and uh, I haven't told you this yet. James knows this. But last year, I like to put little labels on my years. Like this year is the year of health and happiness for me. I'm like, I'm all in on health and happiness. Last year, I titled the year of simplicity. And my whole approach was I need to simplify because things are feeling confusing and complex and I feel like I'm having to work too hard. And um, one of the things I can definitely say is, A, it's so critically important, but I actually believe it's quite challenging to try and simplify. So I'm glad that we've actually had this conversation to hopefully bring it to people's forefront of their mind, because I think it's so easy especially if things are busy and the world's hectic, it's so easy to just keep going, isn't it? You just keep running, just keep going, and things will figure themselves out. And I think you've just, you know, as simple as we've just made it and the things that you've shared, I think it's absolutely what people need. So uh, yeah, great conversation. Appreciate you uh, bringing it all to the table.
1: I was sort of hoping you were saying 2021 will be the year of the jellyfish. (laughs) (laughs) That's next year. Next year, 2022. I'm just growing
0: these things. These are little babies. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be holding me on next year's show. I'm going to be seating in a jellyfish. Just you're going to be
1: floating in a tank, suspended (laughs) by a big giant artificial jellyfish.
0: Yeah, I'll be in the tank, and the jellyfish will be doing the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't anymore, Tim. I'm sorry that you have to be exposed to this. Um, But uh, no, seriously, thank you for being here. For those of you guys who want to check out what Tim's up to, RialtoMarketing.com, R-I-A-L-T-O Marketing.com forward slash just-the-tips-show. Um, we'll have that link in the show notes for everybody. Uh, Tim, pleasure having you on the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, Dean and I are going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with the news with Dean. All right, you guys, we're interrupting this incredible episode to bring you a very important announcement. And that announcement is the new Just the Tips members area. We've created a members area that has trainings right out of the gate from Dean and I on our best strategies to help you grow your business. And many of our guests that we've had on the show have offered to put some of their best stuff inside the members area to help you guys have access to all sorts of content that will help you grow your marketing, grow your sales, make sure you're staying on top of your business and you can work. On your business, not in your business, get more results in less time. I can't even, st- like, the reason you don't even hear Dean right now is he's galloping around the studio on his horse from sheer excitement. Dean, can you please stop galloping for one second and tell our good natured listeners what's going on?
0: Roll their horse. So, uh, <laughs> so, if I can slow this thing down, there's only one place you got to go to get all this good stuff, and that is JTTShow.com. That's JTTShow.com. It's all free. And I think you're going to love
1: it. We will see you guys on the inside of the new Justin Tips members area, JTTshow.com. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. All right, <laughs> Mr. Holland, enough fooling around. Let's get to the news.
0: <laughs> Here we go. The news today. Actually, uh, you and I messaged prior to uh, prior to this show because I was asking you about uh, this week's news because I was actually really excited about this week's news, thinking, oh, James is going to love To talk about this, but you did disappoint slightly in that you haven't yet seen the thing that I was raising as the topic. It's
1: got to be like part of the reason it's got to be news for me. Like I'm experiencing the news alongside all of our listeners.
0: <laughs> Which makes it equally scary for
1: everyone involved. It does. It does, because I don't even know what my reaction is going to be right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, just to talk about, and I think I can tie a couple of the the key things as I read through this into uh, some some business tips, I think, as well as some news. So the, if I pronounce this correctly, the Berkshire Hathaway, is that uh, how you say yes. it?
1: Yes, correct.
0: Uh, annual newsletter. Uh, I think it was, um, was it about five days ago or so now, uh, was actually sent out. Uh, this is something up until about 18 months ago, I wasn't even on my radar. It's actually you, Mr. James, which is why I thought, oh, I bet James is all over this thing. Um, it's actually you that told me about this. So I've been keeping my eye out for the last two years now. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's probably one of the most valuable things you've ever shared with me most other stuff is just trash but right uh, now
1: I, I know you've said that <laughs> numerous times
0: <laughs> um so uh you haven't seen this yet have you i haven't, you haven't
1: seen i haven't seen the letter yet no
0: actually gone so i haven't uh i won't i won't proclaim to have read this and memorized everything word by word oh, but and we uh,
1: might as well just cut this off right now
0: yeah there we go we're done the the, the Berkshire Hathaway Annual newsletter is out. Go read it, everybody. There we go.
1: <laughs> That's You're the right. news. That's your news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, I, uh, there's a few input. There's a few things that I thought was uh, really fascinating. I actually really enjoy. I, I enjoy getting into the mind. Um, of uh, Warren Buffett reading this and seeing how he thinks and some of the ways in which he explains some things. Like, for example, you know, I you know, I like I like to study, you know, some stocks and various things just to start investigating into this thing over this side of uh, the world in the last couple of years. And one of the things that I thought was super interesting, I've never heard anybody talk about this. Or look at things in this way was how he was talking about that a lot of their investments, a lot of the stocks that the you know companies that they own equity in and got got shares stocks in. Uh, he views these not as like I own, we own equity in these companies. He views it as a non-controlled business that we're a part of. Yes, you know, like a business we're a part of that I don't control. Right. I thought that was a, I thought that was quite a fascinating thing. Um, But I'll tell you one thing that that really stuck out for me that I just wanted to highlight. And I think it's uh, I think this does come back to, you know, some good business lessons or good ways of thinking about things out of the I think it was like 42 point something billion that uh, those guys um, earned. I think it was in 2020. uh, Interestingly, out of all the portfolio of companies that those guys have uh, on the books, so most of this is generated and comes from four of the companies. Mm-hmm. Four. So out of the, you know, the dozens and dozens of different investments and in companies and on their portfolios, four of these things generate the bulk of the results for them. Yeah. And I thought actually, you know, how this ties in perfectly now actually seamlessly ties into what we've kind of just been talking about, doesn't it? Is like the simplicity. When you get to the right points in your business, more often than not, there is a smaller number of things that are actually generating the results, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. I think. I think it's like. Oh, you always have to be on the hunt for that. Yes. Right. What are the things yeah. that are making the biggest difference, and then continuing to double down on those over and over and over? But it's a constant. It's a constant evaluation. Yes. Right? And uh, cool. you know, because like even you know, even in a startup, you know, you might have all these different experiments going. Like, oh, we got this product to this group. We've got this service to these guys or whatever. And you got to be like, well, what, what's producing the result? You know, yeah. cause, cause it's always going to be disproportionate. The results produced to the effort put in and you got to figure out, well, where are we getting that best bang for our buck? So you can just keep doubling down on what's working the best.
0: Yeah, very true. Interestingly, those guys own like five and a half percent of Apple. Yeah. So it's a pretty big slice of an apple.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it'll keep you well fed with the size of that company at this stage.
0: Yes, indeed. But no, I uh, just coming back to that first thing. I thought that was a fascinating way of like somebody that owns stock looking at the, you know their their portfolio is like you know most people would just say, oh yeah, I have shares or have I own some stock in that company. He looks at it more as like, no, we you know that's a non controlled business that we that mm-hmm. we own that we have within our portfolio. It's like we have a share in that, but we don't control it.
1: I thought it was a. Well, and it's, it's, it's really interesting too, because, uh, so I didn't, I didn't go last year because I think they had it canceled because of COVID, but the two, two years prior to that, I, I did go to Omaha for their shareholders meeting. Yeah, I
0: remember you telling
1: me. And, uh, and one of the things that I was impressed with is, is, uh, kind of along the lines of what you're talking about that, you know, they refer to the CEOs of these various businesses as their managers. And, uh, and their, their goal is not to really come in and interfere with the operations of the business. It's to invest in and partner with businesses that they feel are, you know, financially strong, uh, undervalued and from a, you know, an economics perspective. And then they, you know, they let them do their thing with limited interference. Whereas I think a lot of people might be like, oh, like we own this business or we're a significant shareholder. Like now we got to like roll up our sleeves and get in there and, and do things. And they're kind of like, well, the reason that we're buying is because we like it for what it is. Yeah. And it got that way be- not because of us. We're just, you know, investing capital in it now to help it help it excel and and as an investment. And so I think that's a that's a super interesting approach.
0: Yeah. Well it well, interestingly, uh, you know, you raising that, there's actually a part in uh in the 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 latest uh newsletter where he actually talks about i think he gives this story if i i can't remember the exact wording but there's like a story of like these these t- these two scenarios a tale of two cities or something he calls it and and there's a part of this story that he's telling um he's talking about uh, one of the companies uh, that they have and he said um the message from from that company he was talking about, I can't remember the wording, but it was like talking about how a lot of times, going in line with what you've just said, when they invest, is like what they've learned over the years is not to kind of get too overly involved. And one of one of these companies, I think it's a candy company, and Seize the me- candy. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, so you maybe already heard about this. So you know, they, they he stated in this newsletter that the message from their customers within that business is always like, don't mess with the candy. Like yeah. we love the candy, we love the right. recipe. Like, don't come in and mess with this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, that's, like, that's the message they've had for like a hundred years or something. Now it's like, don't mess with the candy.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a good mantra too, because um, I think sometimes, especially like for us as entrepreneurs, there's a tendency to want to tinker, you know, and like get in there and be like, oh, like could we make it? Could we? And it's like, if it's working, like, just leave it alone. I was actually, yeah, uh, I was actually having a a meeting with uh, Todd Brown the other day, who we yeah. had on the show, who's a fantastic marketer. And one of the things that he said, he's like, when we get a sales funnel working, I'm like, he he's like, I tell my my team like, just like step away from the computer, gently, right? yeah, like,
0: slowly. Don't yeah, do. yeah,
1: exactly. Like, don't go in there. Don't mess with anything. Don't touch anything. Don't breathe on it. Whatever. Right. It's like it's working. Let it work. And, uh, and I think there's, there's definitely this tendency to want to, I don't know, just like continue to over-engineer things or whatever. And I know I've, I know I've been guilty of that for sure. Oh, me and too. I see, and I see a lot of entrepreneurs who don't know when to stop creating and start moving on to, well, let's just grow the thing that we have, but that requires a different set of skills. And that's the set of skills that like Warren Buffett presumably has, where he's just like, "Hey, this is good. Like, I'm just gonna let it be." Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not always the easiest thing, like you say. No. I, we Definitely have. I think we all have a tendency. Sometimes it's like, "Oh, what more shall I do? How do I improve it? How do I make it better?" And it's like, "Okay, well, that's a good way to think if it needs to be improved." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. And and what's your what's your measurement of success? Right. right. If your measurement exactly. of success is like, how many improvements can I make on this in the next month? that's totally different than what's the financial performance of this thing that we built. And now can I just continue to allow that thing to perform over time? Like, it's like, we don't know when to stop creating.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, very true. And, uh, there was, only, there was, uh, another, another point that I thought was, uh, just an interesting thing just to mention in this newsletter So I think a lot of times, you know, it's I think a lot of people would look at, you know, guys like Warren Buffett and things and think, you know, everything they touch turns to gold. You know, we've said it to many times here on the show, haven't we? With, you know, really successful uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, fast growing businesses that, you know, oftentimes all anyone really sees from the outside is the screaming success. It's like, You look on the outside in and you think, why are they not having the challenges that I am? Why, Mm. you know, why does everything go well for them when I seem to all I seem to do is put out fires and have challenges all the time? Well, I thought it was uh, just an interesting thing to mention uh, that in this uh, latest newsletter, one of the things that's featured is uh, where Warren Buffett's mentioning an 11 billion dollar write off or write down that they had to. that's actually on their books now, uh, as a culmination of a mistake that he made, or he's looked back and, you know, it's a, it's a mistake he made back in 2016, a decision that he made. And, you know, now it's, it's come to light. It was the wrong decision and it's a $11 billion thing. You know, I think, you know, I, I
1: mean, and to be fair, I told him he shouldn't get into the artificial jellyfish tank business, <laughs> but but he didn't listen. He was like, man, everybody's going to want one of these.
0: <laughs> Don't you scare away anyone from buying my jellyfish off me when I launched this business. <laughs> I was like,
1: all right, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and here we are now, $11 billion write down. <laughs> Everybody makes mistakes. It's okay.
0: This is true. This is true. But uh, but no, on a serious note, like I, I wanted to just mention that because there is not a person here or listening or watching that either isn't or hasn't experienced setbacks, challenges, mistakes, apparent failures, Mm -hmm. losses. And a lot of times, you know, like I say, it's easy to look at the social medias and follow people and think, why am I the only one that this type of stuff happens to? Why does nothing go wrong like this for other people? And it's, no, they are. It's just, nobody's really telling you about it because that's not the stuff that attracts people to them a lot of times, I think. Right? So, yeah, if uh, if these guys can uh, can lose can make an eleven billion dollar error of judgment, then I'm sure us mere mortals can forgive ourselves for a few wrong steps along the way.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great point, and it's absolutely true. Like, there's going to be ups and downs, and I think, uh, you know, I think that's one of the things I do appreciate about reading his letters. Um, I've actually got a book on my on my shelf. Is well, you've first, got many books. The one, the one in particular that I'm referring to.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Thank you. Is uh, the first fifty years of those letters. So it was oh. like uh, I think from I don't know, I don't remember the exact time frame, like nineteen sixty to two thousand ten or something. Um, but the one thing I love about those letters is is there's nothing that's sugarcoated and there's nothing that's just like, woe is me. It's just like here's what's happened. Yeah. You know, like so true. Like straight to the truth. And I, you know, hey, we we made a mistake. We're being real about it. Hey, we had a win. You know what? Maybe we got a little bit lucky. Maybe we had a little bit of strategy in there. But it's just like, it's very real. And I and I really appreciate that method of communication because I feel like so many people are in such a hurry to take all the credit for their wins, but then they pretend that the losses don't ever happen. And it's so, and it's so not real world, right? It's very, yeah. very fake.
0: So true, so true. And I, t- I tell you, uh, when I read them, I don't know about you, but I feel like it's just oozing with so much
1: wisdom that only yeah.
0: a ninety-plus-year-old man could have.
1: Well, that's it. it. The dude's ninety. It
0: literally feels like, oh my god, I'm getting smarter yeah. and like becoming a better human because I'm reading your words. <laughs>
1: that's <laughs> exactly the way I feel. That's why I've made the trip to Omaha a couple times, just because it's like, oh man, I want to go. I want to go see this in person.
0: Right. Right. And thinking well, and- of that, just to drop it on you, just so you don't get too disheartened this year. Word on the street is that that thing that you went to two years ago, you might be able to watch a live stream of it uh, in May, I May. believe.
1: yeah, it's usually the first weekend of May. Well, I I sure hope so. Yeah, I know, I, I know, I missed it last year. I'd like plan on going the whole thing, and you know, I
0: believe Yahoo or someone is streaming it. I I was reading about it during All my right. research.
1: I'll check that out. But for for those of you guys listening, like if you really want like a serious like from the horse's mouth lesson in business. And even if you're not an investor, you're not active in the stock market, I'm not active in the stock market right now. Um, reading these shareholder letters is incredibly insightful and enlightening. And, uh, and again, maybe it's not the sexy stuff, but you can't argue with the, you can't argue with the results. Um the well I think
0: even as a minimum like you know you you said you know we both just said you know reading these you get that wisdom and that insight and the honesty I think this I, I genuinely think even if you've got like this is nothing in my opinion nothing to do with needing to have an interest in the stock market like Mm-mm. I think as a business owner if you have an audience of people and if you have people that follow you customers that purchase from you then even looking at this from a standpoint of how these guys are communicating with their shareholders like there's so much that can be learned from that you know i reading through this in the last 24 hours i'm thinking you know like how incredible from a business perspective from a life perspective that as a human or we can now as as an audience go back every year and read the journey of this company read and follow the flow of this and i i think like you know it's it's already given me ideas i'm thinking oh I might do something like that once a year just to all of our customers and clients. Almost as if, you know, I'm writing this and logging this for myself. It's like my own my own autobiography I want to look back on. Like, oh, here's the years that I went through business and the things I learned, the, mm-hmm. you know, how the years went, good, the bad, the ugly. You know, I think there's uh, some incredible insights that can be gained from this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I mean, if you guys want to check it out, we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's just BerkshireHathaway.com. And then there's a place on the site where you can look at like all the annual reports. Yeah. And, uh, and they're really good. You know, like, like Dean said, like even if you're not, you know, interested in investing in the stock market or whatever, I mean, you're getting years and decades, not just years of wisdom, decades, decades, decades of wisdom of consistently crushing it.
0: A combined age of those two guys of like what nearly 190 years old, or something. Uh, I think it was
1: like 840 years old combined, right? Because they're like 400 years old each. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, but uh, yeah, no, uh, Warren's like 90 and and Charlie's like pushing 100 almost. I think he's like 97 or something like that at this point. And talk about a dude that's like razor sharp, like you know, uh, everybody knows Warren Buffett, not as many people know Charlie Munger, but that dude that dude's sharp as a razor. Yeah. Um, but anyway, our, uh, our, our people on the, uh, on the studio side are telling us we need to wrap this thing up. So I guess, uh, I guess we better do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll be here till tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll be here. You guys won't, but that's okay. Um, thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in today. We appreciate you guys being here. Make sure that, um, make sure that you subscribe and, uh, tell your friends and family about the show. We, uh, we continue to bring you great guests, good content, no BS. Well, not entirely true. Some BS, uh, but I not on the business jellyfish. side. Yeah, jellyfish. Jellyfish are real. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. It's James B. Freel signing off with my co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. We will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justatipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamesbeefreel.com. Our theme music is Happy, Happy Game Show by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.